Hey there, budgeteers. Are you ready to unlock the power of each payday and take control of your finances like a boss? Introducing the Payday Power Planner from New Money Habits. This isn't your average budgeting tool, oh no. With the Payday Power Planner, you'll harness the unique rhythm of your paychecks to supercharge your financial game. Say goodbye to the confusion of monthly budgets and hello to the clarity of every payday. You'll know exactly when money is coming in and when it's going out, giving you the edge you need to stay on top of your finances. But that's not all. With the Payday Power Planner, you'll easily spot whether you're rocking a surplus or facing a deficit. Armed with this knowledge, you'll make informed decisions that set you up for financial success. It's time to transform your relationship with money and create the new money habits you need to achieve financial freedom. Get your hands on the Payday Power Planner from New Money Habits today and start making every dollar count. Don't let financial stress hold you back. Create a better plan for your money and seize the power of your pay period and thrive with the Payday Power Planner. Visit newmoneyhabits.com now to grab your free copy and unleash your financial potential. Hey there, budgeteers. Are you tired of feeling like your finances are running the show? Well, it's time to flip the script and take charge of your money with New Money Habits Financial Coaching. This isn't your typical financial advice. New Money Habits is about empowering you with the knowledge and tools you need to make savvy money moves and build a solid financial foundation. Here's the deal. We're offering a free discovery session to kickstart your journey to financial freedom. Yep, you heard me right. Free. In this session, one of our experienced coaches will help you to pinpoint your financial goals and create a better plan for your money. We're talking about mastering your money mindset, picking up practical money management skills, and having someone to hold you accountable along the way. So if you're ready to kiss financial stress goodbye and say hello to a brighter financial future, then schedule your free session today to create the new money habits you need to achieve financial freedom. On this episode of the New Money Habits podcast, we take a look at one of our core budgeting principles. We take a look at what it means to have money dysphoria and what does it mean to store up treasures in heaven. What's up, budgeteers, and welcome to the New Money Habits podcast. I'm your host and one of the co-founders of New Money Habits, Coach Nino Villa. And today on the New Money Habits podcast, we're going to talk about a core principle of budgeting. We'll talk about what it means to have money dysphoria, and we'll talk about what it's like to build up treasures in heaven. If you guys have any questions, make sure to hit us up on social at New Money Habits and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you're listening to this podcast today. If you want to help out the show, consider leaving a five-star rating and review. We cannot thank you enough for leaving those five-star ratings and reviews. They truly help us spread this message of hope to people looking for a better plan for their money. Now today, we're going to take a look at a core budgeting principle, look at what it means to have money dysphoria, and what it looks like to store up treasures in heaven. So without further ado, let's get into it. Let's jump right into today's episode with one of New Money Habits' core principles of budgeting. We believe in creating a budget according to your pay period, not according to the month. 
In fact, if we take a look at the month of March that's coming up, and we assume that most of you are paid weekly, bi-weekly, or twice a month, say on the 1st and the 15th, March is a great example of why budgeting according to the month is not going to serve you well, and you need to budget according to your pay periods. Let me explain. If we take a look at the month of March, we're going to notice that uh, March of 2024, the first lands on a Friday, and so that might be payday for most people, and so that makes sense. But if you're paid bi-weekly, that means on the 1st, the 15th, and the 29th of March, you're going to be receiving income. Now, here is the problem. Uh, that paycheck on March 29th, with only two more days left in the month, and those being a Saturday and a Sunday, the money coming in on March 29th is not going to help you pay your bills in March. Not on time anyway. You're most likely going to be late. So if we just looked at the month of March and said, look, I have $6,000 coming in in the month of March, and I have $5,000 worth of expenses in the month of March, but we don't account for when that money is coming in and when that money is going out, then we leave ourselves in a position that we can end up uh, being late on a bill, uh, forgetting about a bill, or just not having enough money to cover our bills. Again, if we take somebody who's paid bi-weekly, let's say they're, they're paid $2,000 every two weeks, well, on the 1st, the 15th, and the 29th, that's where our $6,000 is coming from. To 2000 on the 1st, another 2000 on the 15th, and finally a 2000 on the 29th, and you have $6,000 coming in within the month of March. But again, that $2,000 coming in on the 29th hasn't helped you to pay your bills throughout the month of March. And again, unless you're paying late. And so when I sit down with clients, this is exactly uh, the predicament they find themselves in. They're like, I know I make enough money throughout the month, but I seem to be either behind on my bills or, or it seems like I don't make more than I'm spending, but I know that I do. Um, and so the point becomes, if we sit down and we actually uh, map out a budget according to our pay periods instead of the month, then what we realize is that when rent or mortgage is due on April 1st, we know that the money for that is not coming in the month of April. It actually came in the month of March. The $2,000 we got paid on the 29th, in part, needs to help us pay for the rent coming up on the 1st. And so this principle of budgeting according to your pay period instead of just for the month means that you need to sit down and approach it differently. And so you can do that by downloading our payday power plan, which is going to help you to map out each pay period and start to really pay attention to the dates that your income is coming in and your expenses are going out. And so when you're looking at either a weekly pay period and what what's coming in, when is it coming in, and what bills are due between now and the next time I get paid, or whether that's bi-weekly or whether it's the first and the 15th. And if you're paid monthly, well, then a monthly budget works out just nicely for you. But I want to encourage you to really uh, start to map out everything 
when it comes to your finances based on your pay period. Again, just to kind of reiterate it, you know, I pay myself uh, biweekly. And so uh, the next time I'm getting uh, paid would be at the end of this week on Friday, uh, the 23rd of February. And so I have to be thinking about um, what is everything that's due between the 23rd of February and the 8th of March. That's when I'll get paid again. And so, of course, the mortgage and um, and like the homeowners association, that's due on the 1st. I know that, but it's what other bills are coming out. Um, I know that my auto insurance is auto-drafted on the 8th of every month, but I will actually be paid on March 8th. And so it's taking a look at that two-week period and really understanding what do I have coming in and when, and what do I have going out and when. And there are going to be pay periods in which your income is just, is, is taxed more, not income taxed. Like you have more bills in one pay period than you do another. And so sometimes to, in order to manage that, you have to also be planning for how much of this particular pay period do I need to be uh, holding on to, reserving in order to help me pay bills in the next pay period. And the other thing this allows you to do is once you start to look at it by by each pay period, you can start to identify uh, bills that you may be able to contact uh, your utility or the service provider and actually shift uh, the due date. I, I actually just did this recently where um, I noticed that uh, all of my utility bills were at the beginning of the month and uh, and it was really taxing my uh, early my early income and so moved some of those due dates to later in the month so that I could balance that out a little bit. Um, I had been in a long time habit of just, I, I know that I can't spend everything in my second pay period. So I have to reserve some to help me out in the first part of the month. And so uh, in, instead of having to do that all the time, it was nice to kind of uh, spread it out a little bit. And so I encourage you download our payday power planner to help you to budget according to your pay periods instead of the month and really get on a flow where, you know, we don't call it currency for nothing. There is a current here. There's an ebb and a flow. There's an influx and an outgo. And so knowing how to manage uh, from one pay period to the next, ensuring that you're paying all of your bills on time or early. The other thing that happens when you start uh, budgeting according to your pay periods is when you know that you're getting paid on a Friday and there's 14 days until your next payday, you decide, you'll find yourself deciding not to wait to pay those bills in between. On the Friday that you'll, you get paid, you'll just schedule all the payments. All your bills will be paid for the next 14 days and you won't have to concern yourself too much with it, especially if you're doing some other things that we teach about uh, taking money out at the ATM to manage certain categories and the alike. But that's a different topic for a different day. This is all about budgeting according to your pay periods instead of budgeting simply for the month. So yes, you're going to look at the month of March, but you're going to look at what are my pay dates uh, in March 
what are my due dates for bills? And you're going to start to look at it at a weekly, bi-weekly, or first and 15th intervals. So I was taking a look at some headlines the other day, and I saw one that was talking about uh, five Gen Z trends. And one of those five trends was talking about uh, the idea that Gen Zers have plenty of money, but they still feel financially insecure. They worry that they're not doing well enough financially or haven't saved as much money as they should for their age, even if they're doing fine. This disconnect between uh, their financial self-image and their financial reality has been called money dysphoria. So money dysphoria is this idea that your money situation is worse than it really is. And I, uh, I agree that this is certainly a trend. I see it with uh, younger clients all the time where they think that their money situation is a lot worse than it really is. In fact, I see that with uh, most every client, your money situation is believed to be worse than it really is. And so I believe that this is due to a lack of money management education amongst Gen Z. So schools at the you know elementary high school level and even in college do not teach you anything about personal finances. They don't teach you how to manage your money. Uh, if if you were lucky, uh, maybe you took a, a class that talked a little bit about uh, what it meant to kind of balance a checkbook or um, to consider um, how to manage a credit card and by paying it off every month, that sort of thing. But But the information is incredibly light and incredibly shallow. And so when I sit down with Gen Z clients and they're expressing uh, this this concern, um, I help to simply educate them, you know, remind them of where they are in life uh, and what they can accomplish uh, at their age. And so uh, we focus on a couple of things early on, and that is we establish an emergency fund or at as we like to call it, a peace of mind fund. And so we help uh, help our clients set aside money for emergencies. Um, we help to establish a good habit around funding your retirement accounts early. Uh, so many of the young clients that I sit down with are either single or newly married and without kids. And so their responsibilities, especially their financial responsibilities, are somewhat limited. And so there's an opportunity to establish a really good habit to of contributing to retirement. And then we teach how to manage uh, credit and credit cards uh, wisely. Credit cards are simply a financial tool. They are a very dangerous financial tool. And so like a circular saw can be dangerous to a carpenter, but is also needed in order to build a house. Credit cards can be incredibly dangerous to somebody who doesn't know how to use them, and but yet a important financial tool to help you uh, manage money well. And so uh, when I sit down uh, with these younger uh, Gen Zers, we focus on that. We focus on uh, number one, let's get an emergency fund in place. Number two, let's start contributing to a retirement account. And number three, let's learn how to use credit wisely. And so um, I've had uh, some incredible success stories as of late. 
from working with a young woman who just turned 25 and working with her for about somewhere between six and nine months now. And in that time, not only were we able to establish a fully funded emergency fund for her, um, according to her expenses and the alike, but we also have her on a path. Right now, she's contributing 15% to her 401k through work, and she's on a plan to contribute the full 7000 to a Roth IRA uh, throughout the year 2024. And so she's got an emergency fund. She's contributing to retirement in two different ways. And just recently, we had her apply for and get her very first credit card and taught her how to use it wisely. We went way beyond just the idea that you should pay it off every month. Yes, you should pay it off every month. But there's a lot more to using credit wisely and using a credit card efficiently than just paying it off every month. So one of the ways that you are able to pay off a credit card every single month is by making sure that you're not charging things you don't already have the cash to pay for. And so credit card in that instance becomes a tool of security. If I want to buy uh, something uh, that is going to cost you know, quite a bit of money, but I've already saved um, saved up for that purchase. Well, using the credit card um, means putting somebody else's money at risk for fraud or overcharge or something like that, and not putting your own money at risk. And so, um, this particular client also likes to travel, and so we also have a fully funded travel fund. And so that travel fund is cash sitting in a high yield savings account so that when she wants to travel, she can turn to the credit card to purchase airfare, lodging, and the alike, but she already has the cash on hand to pay those credit charges. And so this money dysphoria that Gen Z is feeling is real if you don't have these things in place. The article even goes on to say that if you are in your 20s and you have an emergency fund, a retirement account, and no credit card debt, your personal finances are probably doing better than most people your age. And I'm here to tell you, absolutely, that is true. Uh, this 25-year-old young lady is in a far better financial position than most of the 30 and 40-year-olds that I work with for the very first time. And so while she might not have hundreds of thousands of dollars saved in retirement just yet. She's 25 years old. She's only been at this uh, gainful employment for maybe the last five years because she was a student before that. And so even having tens of thousands of dollars saved right now is an incredible start. She's actually in a position that if she were to contribute 15% of her income for the next five years, and max out her Roth IRA for the next five years, and then stop and never contribute another dime to her retirement, she is going to be in a vastly better position than a married couple in their 40s who has you know, $2,000 or $3,000 of discretionary income to invest every month, um, saving for the next 20 years in the market. So, um, just wanted to kind of comment on this idea of money dysphoria. 
I agree that it is very real. Uh, most of my clients think their situation is much worse than it really is. Uh, and once we have an opportunity to sit down and put their situation down on paper, they start to realize, wow, my financial situation is not nearly as problematic as I thought it was. It's obviously not what I want it to be, but at least it's not as bad as I thought it was. And now we can start to take steps toward improving that situation and going from current state to what I like to call ideal state. Welcome to a segment I like to call Treasure Time. Did you know that in God's holy scriptures, and specifically in the Gospel of Matthew, in chapter 6, verses 19 through 21, that Jesus said, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up yourself treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, your heart will be also. And so I wanted to take a moment to just kind of talk about what does it mean to store up treasure in heaven? You know, I think about, we always hear about worldly possessions and worldly wealth and how you can't take that with you. So what can you take with you? If I can't take my house and my car and my toys and um, all the gadgets that I have, what do I get to take with me into heaven? Well, think about uh, the relationships that you have. You get to take those with you. Think about the memories that you make. You get to take those with you. And so I encourage you to store up your treasure in heaven. Um, as you're managing your money, uh, try to make sure that you're not so beholden to money that you're missing out on uh, quality time with family and friends, You know, making incredible memories, uh, pouring into one another, building relationships, edifying each other, um, and, and just really spending quality time. Um, I know for me, one of the things is um, while I know I have to work in order to make money and pay the bills, uh, I am quick to uh, put work on the back burner if it means spending some time, uh, quality time with my wife and my two children. Uh, they're of school age right now. And so, you know, how much more time do I really get with them? Uh, before they're adults and they're uh, fully immersed in the hustle and bustle of the world. And so I just want to encourage everybody to just take a beat, take a breath. And again, when managing your money, intentionally focus on what it means to store up treasures in heaven for you and your loved ones. That does it for this episode of the New Money Habits Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions, make sure to hit us up on social at New Money Habits and follow us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Please consider leaving a five-star rating and review to help us spread this message of hope to people looking for a better plan for their money.